0: Good morning. Welcome to NTD.
1: Good morning. Here are our top stories today. Two critical hearings in former President Trump's criminal cases side by side. What's at stake? Which one will Trump attend? And which courts allow cameras? An analyst explains how this could impact public perception.
0: Trump taking a jab at President Biden's memory while defending his own mental acuity. And could Russian President Vladimir Putin's latest praise of Biden help Trump instead? Police detain multiple people in
1: connection to a deadly shooting in Kansas City. One person killed and 22 others injured after shots were fired near Chief Super Bowl parade.
0: Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowing to press ahead with military operations in Rafah. That's as Israel Defense Forces say they're preparing to fight another war.
1: A bipartisan duo team up in Congress to counter ter- communism. NTD spoke to the co-chairs of the House VOC Caucus about the relaunch.
0: As illegal border crossings into the U.S. shift from Texas to Arizona and California, we ask Senate candidate Carrie Lake for her thoughts on the immigration crisis and the impeachment of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas.
1: And there's love in the air and the mail during Valentine's Day season see why one city in Colorado has the largest Valentine remailing program in the world.
2: This is NTD Good Morning. Live from our global headquarters, here are Evelyn Lee and Kevin Hogan.
0: Welcome to NTD. Welcome, everyone. Today is Thursday, February 15. Trump criminal cases on the split screen.
1: Yeah, that's right. And we knew that they would collide um, with at some point with all those cases going on. Right. So yeah. in today's top news, two big hearings in former President Trump's criminal cases are being held today.
0: A New York judge is set to consider a motion to dismiss the alleged hush money case. A trial date could also be set, along with who Trump can call in his defense. The judge had scheduled a trial date for March 25th,
1: but he said any necessary changes could be made if any actual conflicts arise. Trump is expected to attend the hearing in downtown Manhattan that starts at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time.
0: In Georgia, Fulton County District Attorney Fani Willis could be asked to testify at a hearing that starts today at the same time. Willis is facing potential disqualification over allegations of misconduct. The
1: hearing is
0: focused on Willis's relationship with the special prosecutor she
1: hired, Nathan Wade. The judge will hear from other witnesses first. He said he'll then decide if testimony from Willis is needed or if he can make a ruling without it.
0: If the judge disqualifies Willis from the case, a state board would need to appoint a new prosecutor, which could cause major delays. And here to discuss some of the optics of former President Trump's consequential hearings today is Jeff Kruehr, a political analyst and TV radio host. Jeff, we have a lot to unpack here. Thanks for joining us. Which courtrooms are going to have cameras and how is that likely to impact public perception surrounding Trump and the prosecutions against him?
3: well uh let me say this uh kevin i, I don't think that this is really going to change uh, public perception at all about uh president trump because i mean people have already factored all of this in i mean uh, this has been going on for uh, quite a while and president trump is still 60 points ahead in the uh republican race and he's last polls i checked uh this morning he's ahead of uh, joe biden i mean it's a smaller margin but he's still ahead so i think publicly uh, people have uh perceive this to be a a witch hunt against President Trump. Uh, I don't think this is having the impact that the Democrats thought it was gonna have. I mean, when you look at all of this, I mean, it's unprecedented, Kevin. All of this is being done at the same time. And and my my point is that I think it's election interference. And I really do think the American people uh, understand that. So it's not having uh, the, I guess, impact that I think uh, the Biden administration thought it was going to have.
0: Well, Jeff, President Biden has struggled with some low approval ratings there, and Trump will be in New York today, but he could change his mind at the last minute. He's been known to do that in the past. So how are these criminal cases, the Hush Money case in New York and the RICO charge in Georgia shaping the conversation around Trump? I know you touched on this and the legal institutions that are prosecuting him.
3: Well, I think the legal institutions are uh, certainly uh, being questioned, uh, Kevin, because I think people are now uh, wondering how all this is, is being done against one person. So. Confidence in the legal institutions uh, I think are really declining big time. Uh, when you look at these jurisdictions, uh, so let's take it, New York, uh, Fulton County, uh, of course, Washington, D.C., these are blue districts uh, where uh, Democrats are hoping for uh, juries that are gonna be uh, anti-Donald Trump. Uh, we know in D.C., for example, uh, roughly about 95% of the voters in that district did not vote for President Trump. So. I would make the argument it's hard for him to get a fair trial in any of these uh, districts. So I think people are really questioning the legitimacy of this entire operation. That's why I think it hasn't uh, impacted him. In fact, you could make the argument, Kevin, that the more they throw at him legally, the better his political performance has become. So it sort of had the opposite effect to what I think uh, they thought it was going to have.
0: Yes, and Jump, let's just keep in mind, Jeff, that the judge in New York in Trump's criminal case did not recuse himself after those concerns about political leanings. And then, of course, there's the allegations against D.A., Fani Willis in Georgia. So who has the advantage in the media right now with the split screen coverage of Trump's hearings with so much on the line in each one? Establishment media who have been very critical of Trump or smaller outlets that have cast Trump in a more positive light?
3: You know, I think the ones that have uh, cast uh, President Trump, at least in an objective light, uh, I think a lot of the uh, the mainstream media have been uh, very critical, very negative. There's been a lot of doom and gloom. Oh my goodness, if he is uh, convicted, uh, this could be uh, the end for President Trump. Uh, if, uh, you know, you look at all the things that happened that were unprecedented, the raid never happened to a uh, president before, all these various uh, criminal cases, unprecedented, all these special prosecutors that he's had to face, you know, the two impeachments, so I think it's just been part of a trend that people have seen. And I think the media, again, you look at the legal institutions have had a hard time as far as their credibility. The media certainly has a hard time as far as their credibility, because they're the ones since the day he came down the escalator, Kevin, have been predicting political catastrophe for Donald Trump. He can't recover from this. There's no way. They've been saying it over and over, Kevin. And here, where are we? The, the odds makers are saying President Trump is the favorite to win the reelection, to win another four years. So media, I think has, these establishment media, establishment media has very little credibility left because they've been wrong for so long, Kevin.
0: Well, Jeff career political analyst and TV radio host, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Kevin.
1: Special Counsel Jack Smith is asking the Supreme Court not to block a lower court ruling, denying Trump's presidential immunity in January 6th case.
0: Smith asked justices in a filing yesterday to fast-track the case if they don't reject Trump's request to pause the trial.
1: Trump's lawyers asked the high court Monday to issue a stay while he appeals to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Trump's attorneys want the be- full bench of judges to weigh in instead of the three-judge panel that made the ruling.
0: Trump can now reply to Smith's argument. Justices are likely to decide in a few days. The special counsel wants the trial before November's general election.
1: If Trump does take back the White House, his attorney general would have the power to dismiss the case entirely. And stick around and follow today's Trump case hearings on NTD's special live coverage, the Trump trials beginning 9 a.m. Eastern.
0: NTD's Stephanie Cox and Chris Beers will bring you the latest updates coming out of the courtrooms in both Georgia and New York. And we'll have on-the-ground reports
1: live from Manhattan, where Trump's set to appear. In-house analysis from NTD's own legal correspondent Arlene Richards and top legal minds breaking down what it all means.
0: Tune in and stay informed on NTD News. The former
1: president campaigning in South Carolina last night with the primary there just stays away. Trump finds new chances to target President Biden amid a wave of new scrutiny on Biden's memory. Entity's White House correspondent Iris Dow has more from the rally.
4: Former President Trump at his Wednesday
1: rally took aim at President
4: Biden's mental acuity while defending his own.
5: They just came out with a report. They said he's not competent enough to defend himself in court. I, I hate when they compare him to me. He's old, he's broken, he's incompetent. But let's also talk about Trump. You know, I stand up here, I make these speeches all the time, all the time.
4: That's after a special counsel's report last week called out President Biden's, quote, poor memory, It claimed that President Biden has refuted.
5: Got, my memory is fine.
4: And Trump also embraced the latest comments by Russian President Vladimir Putin, saying he prefers Biden over Trump to become the next U.S. president.
6: Для нас кто лучше, Байден или Трамп? Байден. Он человек более опытный,
2: он прогнозируемый, он политик старой
5: формации.
4: Nikki Haley, meanwhile, is accusing Trump of backing Putin, citing Trump's latest comments that he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever they want with NATO countries that don't pay their fair share. It's not someone you want to lead our country, and that's not someone who's going to prevent war. Trump defending his own words. I've been saying, look,
5: if they're not going to pay, we're not going to protect, okay? And Biden has said, oh, this is so bad, this is so terrible that he would say that. No, we don't want to be a stupid country any longer.
4: And so are his supporters. If you're going to be a part of something, you got to pay your dues. I think that's fair. I don't see anything wrong with what he said. The latest polling shows that Trump is maintaining an over 30-point lead over Nikki Haley in her home state. And Trump says he is predicting another big win in just 10 days. Reporting from North Charleston, South Carolina,
1: Iris Tao, NTD News. And police say they've detained three people in connection with a shooting in Kansas City, Missouri, that killed one and injured over 20.
0: The shooting took place at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade.
7: Three people were in custody on Thursday in connection to the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade in Kansas City on Wednesday. Police said they were detained and under investigation.
8: Right now, we do not have a motive, um, but we are asking those who may potentially have any kind of information, a witness or video to contact police. That's
7: An eyewitness video shows officers and civilians teaming up to apprehend an armed individual shortly after gunfire was heard near Union Station.
9: You don't think about it. It's just a reaction. He got close to me, I got the right angle on him, and I hit him from behind.
7: Authorities say one person was killed in the shooting. At least 22 people were injured, among those, eight children. One of the witnesses, local legislator Manny Abarca, was with the chief's players when the shooting began. He describes the chaos that ensued.
10: Uh, And we heard screams, and then we saw the partition between the two rooms uh, come down and people flood, uh, screaming uh, towards us. And I didn't know exactly what was happening at the time, but people were saying guns, police, run.
7: Police have identified the deceased victim as Lisa Lopez-Galvin, community radio host and mother of two who grew up and lived in the Kansas City area. The names of the other victims have not been disclosed. Vice President Kamala Harris reacted to the shooting Wednesday night. She called it another incident of senseless gun violence.
11: The reality of it is a lot of this can be prevented if members
4: of legislatures, including the United States Congress, just have the courage to act with reasonable gun safety
7: laws. President Biden also released a statement. He said he's praying for those killed and injured and that the shooting should shock Americans into action to ban what he calls assault weapons.
1: A cryptic warning of a national security threat sparks concern, but House Speaker Mike Johnson says there is no need for alarm.
0: This after the top Intel Committee chairman urged President Biden to declassify information about the threat. And today's Melina Wisecup reports.
8: House Intel Committee Chairman Mike Turner is warning of a serious national security threat. He wants his colleagues in Congress to review the information in a secured facility in Congress, but he also wants the White House to declassify information about it so that in his words, Congress, the administration and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. While details about this are vague, there are reports indicating that it could be linked to a foreign military capability, perhaps involving Russia. House Speaker Mike Johnson attempted to calm concern, saying,
12: I saw Chairman Turner's statement on the issue, and I I want to assure the American people there is no need for public alarm. We are going to work together to address this matter, as we do all sensitive matters that are classified.
8: Reporting from Washington, D.C., Melina Wisecup, NTD News.
1: White House officials will speak with Intel Congress
0: members and senators today. Multiple media outlets are reporting that the warning is related to Russian attempts to develop a space based anti satellite nuclear weapon, citing anonymous sources. NTD has not been able to independently verify that information. Moscow
1: today dismissed the U.S. warning. A Kremlin spokesman called it a malicious fabrication by the White House aimed at getting U.S. lawmakers to approve more money to counter
0: Russia. Stay with us. New strikes against Lebanon's terrorist group Hezbollah as tensions mount along Israel's northern border. An expert breaks down the details coming up.
1: A bipartisan duo team up in Congress to counter communism. Entity spoke to the co-chairs of the House VOC caucus about the relaunch after the break. Welcome back. Palestinian civilians were fleeing a hospital in southern Gaza yesterday, according to the IDF and the Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry.
0: This amid an ongoing Israeli military operation there.
1: The IDF says it has credible evidence Hamas held hostages at the Nasser Hospital in Han Yunus. It adds that the bodies of hostages may be there, saying one of its sources is hostages who were released.
0: Israel said yesterday its soldiers had opened a secure route to evacuate the civilian population, taking shelter near the hospital toward the humanitarian zone, but that it did not intend to evacuate patients and medical staff.
1: This comes as Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu reiterated his intention to order concerted military operations in Rafah, saying yesterday powerful action will come in the southern Gaza city after the evacuation of civilians from battle zones.
0: And Israel struck more Hezbollah targets in Lebanon after another rocket attack by the Iran-backed terrorist group. An Israeli official says they're preparing for war in the north. And today's Jason Perry has the latest on the war.
2: On Wednesday, across Israel's northern border, Hezbollah terrorists in Lebanon fired a barrage of rockets into northern Israel, killing one woman and injuring eight others. IN RESPONSE TO THE ATTACKS, ISRAEL DEFENSE FORCES REPORTED STRIKING A SERIES OF TARGETS IN LEBANON, AND THE CHIEF OF THE GENERAL STAFF OF THE IDF SAID THEY ARE PREPARING FOR WAR IN THE NORTH. AND IN ANOTHER DEVELOPMENT THIS WEEK, AN IDF SPOKESMAN TO ARAB MEDIA SAID IN A STATEMENT ON X THAT Israeli FORCES RECOVERED A LAPTOP IN THE GAZA STRIP. AND PICTURES ON THE LAPTOP SHOWED THAT AN AL Jazeera REPORTER IS ALSO A SENIOR MILITARY OPERATIVE IN THE HAMAS TERRORIST GROUP. And on Wednesday, the IDF spokesman posted a picture of another alleged Al Jazeera reporter who filmed himself in an Israeli village during the October
0: 7th massacre. We reached out to Al Jazeera for comment, but we didn't hear back before airtime. President Biden has used his executive powers to prevent thousands of Palestinians in the U.S. from being deported for the next 18 months. Around 6,000 Palestinians are eligible for the program called Deferred and Forced Departure. The president wrote that many civilians remain in danger even as his administration remains focused on improving the humanitarian situation. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says Biden has given certain Palestinians a temporary safe haven. One exception would include convicted felons or others deemed to be public safety threats. Those who voluntarily return to Gaza or the West Bank would lose such protections. The executive order further directed the Homeland Security Secretary to authorize employment for non citizens whose removal has been deferred.
1: With overwhelming bipartisan support, the House passed a resolution yesterday condemning Hamas' use of sexual violence in its war against Israel. The final vote tally was 418 in favor of the resolution. Twelve House members were absent for the vote. Only one lawmaker, Democratic Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, abstained. Tlaib, a Palestinian-American, was recently censured for using a phrase some see as a call to destroy the Jewish state. Although Republicans let that censure, 22 of Tlaib's Democratic colleagues voted in favor of it. And a bipartisan effort to combat communism was resurrected on Capitol Hill yesterday. Two congresswomen from opposite sides of the aisle have joined forces to stand against the deadliest ideology in history.
0: For them, the matter is more than personal is more personal than political. Both come from families who escaped to the U.S. from the clutches of communist regimes. They're now taking a lead role in countering it. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the renewed effort.
6: We are doing one step at a time.
12: Democratic Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Republican Congresswoman Michelle Steele formally relaunched the House VOC caucus on Wednesday.
6: One of the most important ways to prevent communism from taking root here in America is to educate our children about its horrors. (laughs)
12: The caucus states its goal is to honor and bring awareness to the more than 100 million people harmed or killed by communist governments and to focus on the current international impact of existing communist
11: regimes. There's really an evil chain of, of communist nations.
12: Congresswoman Wasserman Schultz told Steve Lance of NTD's Capital Report, a global network of authoritarians and dictators are using communism as a weapon to suppress their own people while undermining national security interests of the U.S.
13: The issue of China and the Chinese Communist Party seems to be one of the few issues that's uniting both Democrats and Republicans on Capitol Hill. We see that in the Select Committee. Um, are you committed with your Democratic colleagues to, to pressure China into change?
11: Yeah, there's no question that uh, I mean, I, I serve on the Appropriations Committee and chair, the uh, well, ranking member of the, the Military Construction VA Subcommittee and ensuring that we have an emphasis and a prioritization of strengthening our infrastructure in the Pacific Rim and meeting with our own allies and the countries that are in on the Pacific Rim to ensure that we have a buttress to protect not only our national security interests, but the national security interests of allied democratic countries that support freedom and human rights for their people uh, in in the face of the oppression and and evil that it permeates as a result of China's leadership.
12: Representative Steele also sits on the House Select Committee on the CCP. Steele told NTD she's so happy to work with her co-chair Wasserman Schultz.
6: This is totally bipartisan. We're going to work together and stand up to CCP and Vietnamese government.
12: Steele says she's grateful Congress is looking at human rights violations and that it's important to work together to let the whole world know what the communist regimes are doing.
6: People are realizing what's really going on inside China, that we have to save these people.
12: The VOC caucus was first founded in 2017 but fell apart. The congresswomen announced their intentions to revive it in December last year. The re-established caucus expressed support for Hong Kong and Uyghur Muslims against the Chinese regime, along with the designation of a Victims of Communism Memorial Day. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
1: And Florida has a new bill to tackle the dangers of communism through education. It would require public schools to have lessons about communism and its history in all grades.
0: NTD's Daniel Monahan has more on the bill, which advanced on Tuesday at a subcommittee meeting.
7: Besides teaching kids about the history of communism in the United States, the bill would also require instruction on communist policies in Cuba and Latin America. If successful, the measure would take effect in the 2026-2027 academic year. State Representative Patricia Williams opposes the bill, saying it divides people. Williams says Florida has too many kids who can't read at grade level, and that's what lawmakers should be focusing on.
11: And for those of you that want to go across and, and talk about around the world, your title says state of Florida representative.
7: Julie Meadows-Keefe says there's no time for the bill in the classroom. But should it be passed, she hopes it's balanced and includes instruction on the McCarthy era.
8: Where people were unfairly dragged before Congress and accused unfairly of being communists.
7: John Labriola, with the Christian Family Coalition, supports the bill. He says he's alarmed by recent reporting by the Washington Examiner showing 28 percent of young people view communism favorably. Uh, The children need to understand that
9: that communism in in all its manifestations is a godless, uh, tyrannical, uh, murderous system that has killed tens of millions, possibly
7: hundreds of millions of people across the globe. State Representative Alina Garcia says communism brings only misery, pain, and suffering.
11: I believe it's never too early to teach our children the atrocities of communism.
7: State Representative Karen Gonzalez-Pittman says she has many friends and constituents who fled from communism in other countries.
4: And the conversations are about they're seeing the same behaviors that happened in their country happening here.
7: State Representative Daniel Alvarez echoed that sentiment.
3: Go talk to a Vietnamese. Go talk to a Czech. Go talk to a Pole. Ask them today why they flee to the United States.
7: The bill would also establish a communism history task force under the Florida Department of Education. The task force would consist of gubernatorial appointees and would recommend curricula and academic standards for instruction about communism. Daniel Monahan, NTD News.
0: And the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border continues as illegal immigrants continue to cross not only in Texas, but Arizona and California as well. What needs to be done to secure the border?
1: House Speaker Mike Johnson and the White House go head-to-head over a foreign aid bill. Johnson insists the U.S. border be secured first. Welcome back. Speaker Mike Johnson saying House Republicans will not be bullied by the senate into passing a 95
0: billion dollar foreign aid package he insisted on provisions for controlling illegal immigration the white house hit back saying johnson opposed a previous border security bill Immigra-
2: we
12: are not going to be uh, forced into action by the senate who in the latest product they sent us over does not have one word in the bill about America's border.
10: Not one word about security.
7: The comments came just days after the Senate passed a foreign aid package that would provide 61 billion dollars in assistance to Ukraine, 14 billion to Israel, and nearly 5 billion for partners in the Indo-Pacific. Johnson said America's own southern border should be secured before insisting on foreign aid. The White House is accusing the speaker of flip-flopping on the issue. Johnson had previously panned a bipartisan Senate immigration deal. After that fell apart, the upper chamber passed the defense spending bill without border measures.
8: He's like, I don't want that either. So what is it? I think the speaker doesn't understand what it is that his job is. Put that bill to the floor. Put that bill to the floor. It will get bipartisan support.
7: President Biden had warned Johnson that opposing the bill would be playing into Russia's hands. Former President Trump on Wednesday floated the idea of scrapping the aid bill in favor of a loan to Ukraine, Republicans have a razor-thin majority in the House. Both chambers of Congress must approve the legislation before Biden can sign it into law.
1: Immigration and Customs Enforcement, or ICE, has drafted plans that could
0: result in thousands of detainees being released. A source familiar with the plan says the contingencies are to help with budget shortfalls. Record numbers of
1: migrants and illegal crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border have drained federal resources. To combat that, the source says ICE is discussing slashing detention space. The agency detains immigrants with criminal backgrounds, those preparing for removal and those who fall under mandatory detention.
0: If Congress doesn't address ICE's budget shortfall, officials might release between 4 to 6,000 migrants, according to CBS News, citing an official who requested anonymity. Earlier this month, the head of ICE said the agency would have to make some tough decisions going forward if they don't get more supplemental funding.
1: DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has been impeached by the House, but there's little chance he'll get convicted in the Senate. I asked Arizona Republican U.S. Senate candidate Carrie Lake about what the point of this exercise is and what needs to be done to fix the issues at the border
14: well i mean i'm happy he was impeached and i think it really put a lot of people on the spot maybe some of the republicans who maybe weren't comfortable with it and then showed up and said they will impeach him we also found out that a few republicans didn't have the courage to impeach the worst dhs secretary in our history the one who is aiding and abetting an invasion on our border. And I think that's a real eye opener uh, when we saw some of the Republicans who weren't willing to impeach this guy. You know, my opponents, who I'm running against for U.S. Senate here in Arizona, Ruben Gallego and Kirsten Sinema, both voted to confirm Mayorkas. And he's been an abject failure on the border. We're watching the largest um, human smuggling operation go down right here in America. We have a massive invasion on our homeland, unlike we've ever seen before. And he's sitting by and is fine with it and is actually making it happen. So I I would never uh, uh, confirm a DHS secretary who will not commit to finishing President Trump's border wall, finishing the border wall and building it. And I think that's what we have to look at, Um, even though he won't be ultimately impeached with uh, Schumer in charge of the Senate. I think going forward with the next administration, we have to make sure a DHS secretary is strong Mm -hmm. and willing to finish that border wall to protect our citizens here in America.
1: Right. Many, many people definitely pointing fingers at Mallorcas. But how much do you think the border policy is due to Mallorcas himself, versus maybe him just executing on the policy in general of his administration?
14: Well, it's all tied together. I mean, obviously, Joe Biden created this problem. The invasion is a a self-inflicted wound that Joe Biden inflicted on our country. And it was by design, I believe, because it's the very first thing he did. He went in and he pulled back everything that President Trump had done, which was keeping our border so secure. As a journalist, that was my former profession. I covered the state of Arizona, the beautiful state of Arizona, for 27 years. And during that time, it had never been more secure, the border, than under President Trump.
1: Okay, so let's zoom in a little bit on Arizona. So, 60% of illegal entries are now actually coming through Arizona and California after Texas sealed off their border. So, is there an appetite in Arizona now to maybe just follow Texas's lead there?
14: 100%. I mean, this is why when I was running for governor, um, I won the nomination and, and I believe, uh, the election without the fraud. And I would be sitting in the governor's office, and we would be doing this already. My number one issue was the border. And I devised an incredible constitutional plan that allowed me, as a governor, to support and um, secure our southern border here in Arizona. If you look at the U.S. Constitution, the Guarantee Clause, Article 4, Section 4, requires the federal government to protect our citizens, to protect our country in the event of an invasion. And I called it what it was way early before other people were saying it. It's been an invasion for a long time since Joe Biden actually started this invasion. And the Constitution GIVES THE STATES THE AUTHORITY UNDER ARTICLE 1, SECTION 10, Clause 3 TO PROTECT THEIR CITIZENS IN THE EVENT OF AN INVASION IF THE FEDERAL GOVERNMENT ISN'T RESPONDING. And it's exactly what's happening. My border plan called Defend Arizona, I uh, spoke about it often, and I spoke about it everywhere I went. And that's why the people were so enthusiastic about our campaign. I also shared it with uh, Texas as well and told them they should be doing it. And I'm glad to see that Governor Abbott is doing it. Mm -hmm. I would have preferred to see him do this years ago, immediately, when Joe Biden opened the border up. Unfortunately, he didn't, but he's doing it now. That's what counts, and we're happy to see that. But because he's securing the border in Texas, because he's doing that, which is good, we're seeing now all of the illegal flow of uh, invaders coming through Arizona.
1: And then, of course, there was a bipartisan Senate border bill that failed in the House, or as you refer to it, it went up in flames. So do you think there is a world where any bipartisan bill could pass? And if so, what would have to be in it?
14: You know, how do you compromise when your, when your border is being invaded? What, what kind of compromise should we be making? I don't think that any American wants this invasion going on. So I don't understand why in that behemoth bill, hundred and I believe eighteen billion dollars, there wasn't one cent to go toward securing the border, truly securing the border, building the wall and stopping people from coming over. And so I'm, I'm appalled that that's the best they could do. And my opponent, Kirsten Sinema, that was her landmark legislation that she was so proud of, a bill that sent that $90 billion or more overseas to kill people and didn't send a penny to build the border wall. It's pretty despicable to slap in the face. You shouldn't have to compromise. The American people shouldn't have to send billions of their hard-earned tax dollars overseas to kill people in order to have a secure border. There's many, many pieces of legislation that we, we can and will and should compromise on. But when it comes to national security and your country is actively being invaded, I don't understand why we should be compromising on anything except, except immediately stopping that invasion, building the border wall, and giving the Border Patrol the resources they need to stop people from coming over.
1: Carrie Lake, Arizona candidate for United States Senate. Thank you so much. Thank you. Coming up, Microsoft says it caught Chinese hackers using its AI tools to hone their skills. The details on how this could affect you.
0: New York City is suing social media platforms for their effect on teens' mental health. What officials are seeking from the companies with the host of entity Business coming up.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Joining us now is NTD business host, John Ma, to give us the latest updates from the tech world.
10: Dan, give us the rundown. Okay, so, you know, artificial intelligence, a very popular topic right now. So, I thought uh, something Microsoft said yesterday is worth talking about. And uh, besides Microsoft, also have a quick update about NVIDIA. So. On that note, Microsoft yesterday uh, published reports saying that uh, the company caught state-backed hackers from Russia, China, uh, and Iran using tools uh, uh, from the OpenAI makers um, uh, of Chats, GPT. And they're using it to hone their skills and to trick Their target. So, according to the report, the hacking group are affiliated with the Russian military intelligence, Iran's Revolutionary Guard, and Chinese state, and as well as the North Korean government. So, all uh, state affiliated here. And the groups uh, try to perfect their hacking campaigns using large AI language models. Uh, So Microsoft released a report alongside a sweeping ban actually on state backed hacking groups using its AI products. The company says regardless of whether these uh, groups are violating terms of service or any laws, um, Microsoft simply doesn't want them to have these kind of tools.
1: Wow, yeah, I guess that's another point of the long list of ways back, bad actors could take advantage of AI. So what does that do to their cap- capabilities with those ac- with their access to AI tools?
10: So uh, OpenAI and Microsoft described the hackers' use of their AI, a- AI tools as early stage. Uh, so that seems uh, to be good news and incremental with no breakthroughs. So it seems like they're just using this technology uh, like a regular user, uh, the software giant Microsoft said that uh, Chinese state backed hackers were doing certain experiments, though, with those AI language models. And for example, this is to ask questions about uh, rival intelligence agencies, uh, cybersecurity issues, and notable individuals. And so, for a more specific example, the Chinese cyber espionage group known as Aquatic Panda uh, has interacted with the AI models to explore, explore uh, augmented. Uh, sorry, uh, to explore uh, augmenting their operations using these a- AI language uh, models. And uh, Aquatic Panda, by the way, targets a broad range of industries, higher education, and certain governments. Uh, So uh, a bit of a concern there, but there's actually another uh, Chinese hacking group who is also doing this called Maverick Panda and has targeted U.S. defense contractors, uh, among other sectors, uh, for more more than a decade now. And what they're doing is using AI to evaluate their effectiveness as a source of information in terms of U.S. influence. That's what Microsoft is saying.
0: Yeah, it's so important for the United States to stay ahead of this and use AI tools to counter the AI hacking threats. Speaking of AI, though, Don,
10: what's happening with NVIDIA? Okay, so uh, NVIDIA has really been uh, sort of the poster child, if you will, of AI. And the firm yesterday overtook Apple uh, parent Alphabet as the third most valuable U.S. company. Uh, so, congrats to NVIDIA here. Uh, the market cap is now about $4 billion more than Alphabet as of yesterday. And this latest gain in its stock came a day after it uh, actually overtook Amazon in terms of market capitalization. And that that happened for the first time in two decades. Now, NVIDIA controls about 80% of the high-end AI chip market, and it's a position that boosted its stock price uh, 47% this year after uh, more than tripled in 2023. So anyone who has Nvidia stock uh, a bit earlier, I mean, they're really making a profit now. Mm -hmm. Um, And as well, Nvidia's quarterly report next Wednesday is is pretty anticipated because of its position right now. And it's going to be among Wall Street's most closely watched uh, for the week. And analysts expect another blowout quarter and outlook.
1: Wow, yeah. First time since 2002 that they overtook them, all credited to those AI chips. But you have some more headlines uh, in the big tech industry.
10: Right. Uh, In terms of New York City, it's taking five of the world's top social media companies to court. And uh, in a lawsuit filed yesterday against TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat and YouTube, the city is accusing the companies of creating a nationwide youth mental health crisis by exposing teens to harmful and addictive content it argues that uh, the platforms impose a large burden on cities school districts and public hospital systems that provide mental health services to youth officials are seeking financial damages and equitable relief to fund mental health treatment snapchat and meta Um, that's Facebook and Instagram's parent company by the way said they have features that offer support to users now the lawsuit was filed in the California Superior Court taking legal action against social media platforms can be challenging Due to federal legislation saying tech companies can't be held responsible for what users place on those sites. But, you know, some platforms are facing hundreds of lawsuits over social media's alleged addictiveness.
0: Yeah, and Mayor Eric Adams, he says the city is built on innovation and technology, but that
10: these social media companies are just encouraging
0: this unsafe behavior. I know you got something else for us, though.
10: Yeah, just uh, one more thing. Um, So, in terms of SpaceX, uh, the company has had a new state of incorporation. Elon Musk uh, posted yesterday on X. He moved the company's incorporation from Delaware to Texas. And the move comes about two weeks after a Delaware judge nullified Musk's $55 billion compensation package at Tesla. Uh, Musk previously said that Tesla will hold a shareholder vote to transfer its state of incorporation to Texas. Now, Musk's post yesterday advised anyone with a business incorporated in Delaware to change their incorporation to another state as soon as possible.
1: He's got it done. So thank you so much, Don Ma, host of Entity Business.
0: Thank you. And coming up, there's always love in the air and in the mail in one Colorado city. It runs the largest Valentine remailing program in the world. And bakers
1: across Denmark are marking the coming of Lent with a delicious cream and jam-filled bun. Some shops are offering the classic while others get creative. More on the delicious treats after the break. Good morning again and welcome back. And now we're going to Loveland, Colorado, a city that is known for something unique related to yesterday's Valentine's Day
0: celebration. People from around the world route mail through the Sweetheart City to get a coveted inscription and postmark on their Valentines.
2: Love is in the air and the mail in the Colorado city of Loveland. For almost 80 years, the city has provided a special gift for sweethearts. The U.S. Post Office and Loveland Chamber of Commerce team up to remail Valentines.
8: Well, this is our 78th year of the Valentine Remailing Program. It is the largest program of its kind in the world.
2: How does the process work?
8: Stampers come in early in the morning and then the mail is sorted and they all start stamping the official um, cachet as well as a postmark um, from the Loveland Postmaster.
2: Volunteers say they enjoy coming back to help year after year. Just ask 89-year-old Joyce Boston.
8: I started stamping in 1997. And what I get out of it is a
6: lot of new friends, friendship, uh, spreading love. I love spreading love.
2: The internationally renowned program processes 100 to 125,000 pieces of mail each year. Many of the Valentines come with touching stories.
8: So we get all sorts of mail that come through um, the program. And one year we, we've gotten letters from little girls sending their valentines to their daddy in heaven with a note that just says, send it, we know he'll get it. Um, and then we have others we're sending to military from all over the world where people are sending valentines to their sweethearts um, who couldn't be here with them and that are serving our country. We get special valentines to major famous people. Dolly Parton got one this year.
2: The Loveland Chamber of Commerce also selects a Miss Loveland Valentine annually to represent the community. The winner receives funds to help pay for her college education.
0: That's a great idea.
1: Yeah, heartwarming. But we're going from romance to some delicious treats. It's a cream and jam filled bun
0: that's traditionally baked before the start of Lent has inspired bakers across Denmark. Some offer classics while others get creative. Entities Andrew Thomas has more in the Danish pastry.
13: In Denmark, most seasons have a bread or cake associated with them, but the cream and jam-filled Fosselands bowler garners the most hype. Fosselands took place this past Sunday before the start of Lent, and it's similar to Carnival or Mardi Gras.
12: People was walking around the the streets and, uh, you know, the the the... Um, what do you say?
13: The goal was to pick up some poller and uh, to taste and uh, rate them. Founded in 1870, Conditore La Glace is thought to be Denmark's oldest pastry shop. Faustelan is one of its busiest times of year.
8: We're
12: doing around 1,000 every day and uh, it will uh, culminate this weekend because we have the fastlounge weekend. So, uh, so it's cr- uh, quite uh,
5: crazy.
13: This year, Baker Lars Juhl has whipped up three varieties featuring apricot, apple, and plum fillings. Some Danish bakers are adding their own creative flair to the traditional pastry.
6: Everybody is doing uh, uh,
12: very uh, innovative things with yuzu and tonga and uh, uh, you know calamansi uh, and uh, stuff like this. And we took it back home to the traditional way to do it.
13: That burst of creativity is on display at one of Copenhagen's most trendy bakeries. Emil Glazer, former chef at Michelin star restaurant Noma, opened Juno the bakery in 2017.
2: And we wanted to do it, uh, we wanted to do something that was playful. Uh, and I had the team uh, basically uh, take on any kind of uh, childhood memory that they had. Uh, from eating carnival pastries and uh, and we ended up doing something with banana.
13: The bakery is best known for its cardamom buns, but Glazer says they decided to attempt their first Fostelons baller last year. The result was a banana-filled caramelized brioche with vanilla custard. This year for Faustelan, Juno chefs also came up with a blackcurrant jam-filled brioche with whipped vanilla cream. Glazer says the creative endeavors have been positive for the traditional pastry.
1: And I think it's just been... Uh, an organic process in the sense that someone starts and then others others take on and do their take and uh, and it's just grown to to something great now
13: dane celebrated Faustilan this past sunday february 11th lent begins february 14th and lasts until march 28th andrew thomas NTD news
1: this looks so good if, to be honest put cream on anything and i'm on board but i really
0: like cardamom
1: oh yeah that's a good Good flavor, too. All right, uh, we'll head to a quick break, but we'll be back in one minute, so stay tuned.
2: NTD News, the fastest-growing independent news source in America, bringing you breaking news from around the world. Expert analysis, investigative reporting, and original award-winning documentaries. We're known for our uncensored China coverage you won't find anywhere else. We cover the stories that affect you and shape our world without the political noise. We report from the heart with you in mind.
0: Watch us right here on NTD News. Good morning, welcome to NTD.
1: Good morning, here are our top stories. Prosecutor Fani Willis could be asked to testify at a hearing starting in Georgia today, facing disqualification over her relationship with special counsel Nathan Wade. And former President Trump expected to appear at a New York hearing starting at the same time on a motion to dismiss the alleged hush money case.
0: A huge lead by Trump over candidate Nikki Haley in her home state. What new polling shows just 10 days before the primary and the former president's latest comments at a South Carolina rally?
1: The latest updates on a shooting at a Kansas City Super Bowl victory parade that left one dead and over 20 injured. Police say they have suspects in custody.
0: A bipartisan duo team up in Congress to counter communism. NTD spoke to the co-chairs of three launched of the of their launched House VOC caucus about their mission.
2: This is NTD Good Morning. Live from our global headquarters, here are Evelyn Lee and Kevin Hogan.
0: Welcome
1: to NTD. Welcome everyone, today is Thursday, February 15th. In today's top news, Two big hearings in former President Trump's criminal cases are being held
0: today. A New York judge is set to consider a motion to dismiss the alleged hush money case. A trial date could also be set along with who Trump can call in his defense.
1: The judge had scheduled a trial date for March 25th, but he said any necessary changes could be made if any actual conflicts arise. Trump is expected to attend the hearing in downtown Manhattan. That starts at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time.
0: In Georgia, Fulton County District Attorney Fani Willis could be asked to testify at a hearing that starts today at the same time. Willis is facing potential disqualification over allegations of misconduct. The hearing is
1: focused on Willis's relationship with the special prosecutor she hired, Nathan Wade. The judge will hear from other witnesses first. He said he'll then decide if testimony from Willis is needed or if he can make a ruling without it.
0: If the judge disqualifies Willis from the case, a state board would need to appoint a new prosecutor, which could cause major delays. And here to give an update on the two major hearings is John Malcolm, vice president of the Heritage Foundation's Institute for Constitutional Government and director of the Mee Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. John, thank you for your time this morning. What's at stake in the hearing schedule for today in Georgia? Could the judge rule to disqualify D.A. Willis and throw out the RICO case against Trump?
15: Uh, she, he, she could cer- he could certainly do the former. I doubt he would do the latter. So he set up an evidentiary hearing for today and tomorrow, and there are going to be a lot of witnesses. There are a lot of defendants who are also going to be cross-examining those witnesses about whether or not Fannie Willis and her paramour, who was also she appointed as a special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, you know, had a conflict of interest and were essentially profiting off of this case uh, by you know paying him exorbitant sums of money, Uh, which they then use to go away on luxurious vacations. I think the odds are fairly high that he will end up disqualifying her and her entire office. Uh, But then the case would be reassigned to another prosecutor, another district attorney uh, or a special counsel uh, located elsewhere in Georgia. And then that person will have to take a look and that person may decide to either proceed with the case or to dismiss it.
0: Right, and John, well, just keep in mind, this has been three years of investigation in the making. I want to switch over to New York. The judge must make a decision on whether to throw out Trump's hush money case. What will that decision come down to and what's expected?
15: Well, there's a hearing today before Judge Juan Merchant. There's a trial date of March 25th, as you said in the lead-in. I think that Trump's attorneys are gonna ask for the case to be dismissed. He will be up there on the grounds that there was no crime committed. Uh, that this was you know, a false claim in a New York business record is normally a misdemeanor. It was ramped up to a felony because the allegation is, is that he was using those false uh, entries to cover up another crime. The judges show no inclination to dismiss this case at all and I expect that he'll either uh, stick with the March 25th trial date or delay it slightly. They, there was gonna be a conflict in that he was gonna be on trial, Donald Trump in Washington, DC uh, but that case has now been postponed and certainly will not be tried anytime in the month of March.
0: Right, and John, in New York, that hearing will not be live streamed, but there will be cameras outside for Trump to make comments, which he also does frequently. we'll, we'll have to see what he says there. But will the New York judge likely set a trial date today? And if so, how does that match up with his other cases that Trump has?
15: Yeah, I expect that he will set a trial date uh, today. If not, he will do so very, very shortly. And I don't think there's going to be a conflict. It's gonna conflict with Donald Trump's uh, campaign schedule, Uh, but the case in in Washington DC, which was gonna go in early March, now certainly won't. uh, He has appealed uh, the denial of his motion to dismiss on immunity grounds. That's currently pending before the Supreme Court. Even if the Supreme Court ruled on that today, she still has a lot of pretrial motions that have been held in abeyance that she'll have to rule on. That case is not going to get tried in March and the Georgia case could end up getting dismissed, and the case in Florida is certainly not going to be tried until the earliest sometime in the late fall.
0: Right, John, and this is the least serious batch of criminal charges that Trump faces, the ones in New York here. So can you just give us an overview of what Trump's facing and what his defense is gonna be in this New York case?
15: Yeah, well, it's the least serious, but they're all serious. These are all felony uh, counts. Donald Trump is not particularly popular in New York City. The allegations are that he he paid money uh, to two women, a woman named Stormy Daniels uh, and another woman named Karen McDougald. And he put all of those payments uh, down as legal fees on the books of the Trump Corporation. And I think the allegation is is that he was paying off these women because they were gonna say bad things about him when he was in the middle of his 2016 campaign. And that in essence, the payments that were made on his behalf uh, by, in one case, Michael Cohen, who was then reimbursed, in another case, the head of the National Enquirer, that these were campaign contributions to try to shut these women up.
0: Well, John Malcolm at the Heritage Foundation, thank you for your analysis on this. My pleasure. Good to be with you.
1: And stick around and follow today's Trump case hearings on entities special live coverage, the Trump trials, beginning 9 a.m. Eastern.
0: Entities Stephanie Cox and Chris Beers will bring you the latest updates coming out of the courtrooms in both Georgia and New York.
1: We'll have on-the-ground reports live from Manhattan where Trump's set to appear in-house analysis from Entity's own legal correspondent Arlene Richards and top legal minds breaking down what it all means.
0: Tune in and stay informed on NTD News.
1: And Special Counsel Jack Smith is asking the Supreme Court not to block a lower court ruling denying Trump's presidential immunity in January 6 case.
0: Smith asked justices in a filing yesterday to fast-track the case if they don't reject Trump's request to pause the trial.
1: Trump's lawyers ask the high court Monday to issue a stay while he appeals to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Trump's attorneys want the full bench of judges to weigh in instead of the three-judge panel that made the ruling.
0: Trump can now reply to Smith's argument. Justices are likely to decide in a few days. The special counsel wants the trial before November's general election.
1: If Trump does take back the White House, his attorney general would have the power to dismiss the case entirely. And the former president campaigning in South Carolina last night with the primary there just days away. Trump finds new chances to target President Biden amid a wave of new scrutiny on Biden's memory. And today's White House correspondent Iris Tau has more from the rally. Former President Trump at his Wednesday
4: rally took aim at President Biden's mental acuity while defending his own.
5: They just came out with a report. They said he's not competent enough to defend himself in court. I I hate when they compare him to me. He's old, he's broken, he's incompetent. But let's also talk about Trump. You know, I stand up here, I make these speeches all the time, all
4: the time. Just after a special counsel's report last week called out President Biden's quote poor memory. it claimed that President Biden has refuted. Got,
5: my memory is fine.
4: And Trump also embraced the latest comments by Russian President Vladimir Putin, saying he prefers Biden over Trump to become the next U.S. president.
6: Для нас кто лучше, Biden или Trump? Biden. Он человек более опытный. Он прогнозируемый.
5: That's a compliment. And of course he would say that, look, I'm the one that stopped Nord Stream 2.
4: Nikki Haley, meanwhile, is accusing Trump of backing Putin, citing Trump's latest comments that he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever they want, with NATO countries that don't pay their fair share. It's not someone you want to lead our country, and that's not someone who's going to prevent war.
5: Trump defending his own words. I've been saying, look, if they're not going to pay, we're not going to protect, okay? And Biden said, oh, this is so bad, this is so terrible that he would say that. No, we don't want to be a stupid country any longer.
4: And so are his supporters.
8: If you're gonna be a part of something, you gotta pay your dues. I think that's fair. I don't see anything wrong with what he said. The latest polling
4: shows that Trump is maintaining an over 30-point lead over Nikki Haley in her home state. And Trump says he is predicting another big win in just 10 days. Reporting
1: from North Charleston, South Carolina, Iris Tau, NTD News. Police say they've detained three people in connection with a shooting in Kansas City, Missouri that killed one and injured over 20.
0: The shooting took place at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade
7: three people were in custody on thursday in connection to the shooting at the kansas city Chiefs super bowl victory parade in kansas city on wednesday police said they were detained and under investigation
8: right now we do not have a motive um, but we are asking those who may potentially have any kind of information a witness or video to contact police that's one.
7: an eyewitness video shows officers and civilians teaming up to apprehend an armed individual shortly after gunfire was heard near Union Station.
9: You don't think about it, it's just a reaction. He got close to me, I got the right angle on him, and I hit him from behind.
7: Authorities say one person was killed in the shooting. At least 22 people were injured, among those eight children. One of the witnesses, local legislator Manny Abarca, was with the Chiefs players when the shooting began. He describes the chaos that ensued.
10: Uh, And we heard screams, and then we saw the partition between the two rooms uh, come down and people flood, uh, screaming uh, towards us. And I didn't know exactly what was happening at the time, but people were saying guns, police, run.
7: Police have identified the deceased victim as Lisa Lopez Galvin, community radio host and mother of two who grew up and lived in the Kansas City area. The names of the other victims have not been disclosed. Vice President Kamala Harris reacted to the shooting Wednesday night. She called it another incident of senseless gun violence.
6: And the reality of it is a lot of this can be prevented.
4: If members of legislators, including the United States Congress, just have the courage to act with reasonable gun safety laws.
7: President Biden also released a statement. He said he's praying for those killed and injured and that the shooting should shock Americans into action to ban what he calls assault weapons.
1: And next, a bipartisan duo team up in Congress to counter communism And he spoke to the co-chairs of the relaunched House VOC caucus about their mission.
0: New York City is suing social media platforms for their effect on teens' mental health. What officials are seeking from the companies?
1: The newest cuddly trend in Japan is a hit. Customers are flocking to cafes where they can pet miniature pigs. Good to have you back. A bipartisan effort to combat communism was resurrected on Capitol Hill yesterday. Two congresswomen from opposite sides of the aisle have joined forces to stand against the deadliest ideology in history.
0: For them, the matter is more personal than political. Both come from families who escaped to the U.S. from the clutches of communist regimes. They're now taking a lead role in countering it. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the renewed effort.
6: We are doing one step at a time.
12: Democratic Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Republican Congresswoman Michelle Steele formally relaunched the House VOC caucus on Wednesday.
6: One of the most important ways to prevent communism from taking root here in America is to educate our children about its horrors. (laughs)
12: The caucus states its goal is to honor and bring awareness to the more than 100 million people harmed or killed by communist governments and to focus on the current international impact of existing communist regimes.
11: There's really an evil chain of of communist nations.
12: Congresswoman Wasserman Schultz told Steve Lance of NTD's Capital Report, a global network of authoritarians and dictators are using communism as a weapon to suppress their own people while undermining national security interests of the U.S.
13: The issue of China and the Chinese Communist Party seems to be one of the few issues that's uniting both Democrats and Republicans on Capitol Hill. We see that in the Select Committee. Um, are you committed with your Democratic colleagues to, to pressure China into change?
11: Yeah, there's no question that uh, I mean, I, I serve on the Appropriations Committee and chair the uh, well, ranking member of the, the Military Construction VA Subcommittee and ensuring that we have an emphasis and a prioritization of strengthening our infrastructure in the Pacific Rim and meeting with our own allies and the countries that are in on the Pacific Rim to ensure that we have a buttress to protect not only our national security interests, but the national security interests of allied democratic countries that support freedom and human rights for their people uh, in, in the face of the oppression and, uh, and, and evil that it permeates as a result of China's leadership.
12: Representative Steele also sits on the House Select Committee on the CCP. Steele told NTD she's so happy to work with her co-chair Wasserman Schultz.
6: This is totally bipartisan. We're going to work together and stand up to CCP and Vietnamese government.
12: Steele says she's grateful Congress is looking at human rights violations and that it's important to work together to let the whole world know what the communist regimes are doing.
6: People are realizing it, what's really going on inside China that we have to save these people.
12: The VOC caucus was first founded in 2017 but fell apart. The congresswomen announced their intentions to revive it in December last year. The reestablished caucus expressed support for Hong Kong and Uyghur Muslims against the Chinese regime, along with the designation of a Victims of Communism Memorial Day. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
0: New York City is taking five of the world's top social media companies to court. In a lawsuit filed yesterday against TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat and YouTube, the city of New York says these companies impose, quote, a large burden on mental health services to youth. Officials are seeking financial damages and equitable relief to fund mental health treatment. Snap Incorporated and Facebook's parent company, Meta, said they have features that offer support to users. The lawsuit filed in California Superior Court alleges the platform's quote, purposefully manipulate and addict children and teens to social media applications. Taking legal action against social media platforms can be challenging due to federal legislation saying tech companies can't be held responsible for what users place on those sites. But some social media platforms already face hundreds of lawsuits over social media's alleged addictiveness.
1: The Odysseus Lunar Lander, nicknamed Odie has successfully launched from NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida.
0: Odie is now on a mission to the moon. The lunar lander
1: aims to make the first touchdown of a U.S.-made spacecraft on the lunar surface since the Apollo missions five decades ago.
0: Odie launched on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket early this morning.
1: The launch follows closely on the heels of a separate U.S. lunar landing mission in January that failed.
0: Odie's trip to the moon can be considered a scouting mission of sorts. NASA has ramped up the development of robotic spacecraft via private partners. That's to evaluate the moon's environment and identify key resources, such as the presence of water, before trying to return astronauts there later this decade.
1: Odie's soft landing attempt on the moon is slated for next Thursday. February
0: 22nd. Yeah, I'm excited to find out what they can discover out there.
1: For sure. Five decades ago was the last time with how technology has progressed, we can look forward to that. Well, uh, also of course, still on the topic of Vi- Valentine's Day, and because it isn't just for lovers, at least not just for human lovers.
0: Chicago's Brookfield Zoo celebrated the love with themed enrichment activities for its animals. The gray
1: seals chowed down on some ice and gelatin valentine's treat
0: allison and kai the bottlenose dolphins weren't left out they jumped out of the water to get some of the love sasha
1: one of the amur leopards eagerly devoured the raw meat given in the shape of hearts
0: and jasper the pink cockatoo pretty much ignored his strawberry slices But he let zookeepers know what he thought by throwing heart shaped cutouts around the room.
1: Oh my, ungrateful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, these animals gotta eat. That's true. All right.
1: And a trendy cafe in Japan allows visitors to cuddle with unusual pets, miniature pigs.
0: A Cornell University professor explains why cuddling one of these cute little pigs might be good for you. Japan
9: is known for its unique coffee shops, including some that feature pets or exotic animals. One of the latest to pop up is a pig cuddling cafe. Here, miniature pigs trot about. Cuddling up on visitors' laps, they often end up in a pile to snuggle up in the coziest spot. People are loving it.
13: Oh, they're just so cute. so tiny and, and so small, and kind um, of want to take one home now. We
5: just
4: thought the pig were a little bit different. I mean, yeah, something that the kids wouldn't always get to hold and pet, you
13: know.
9: Micro pigs don't grow bigger than a small dog, even as adults. Unlike the stereotype, they're very clean and don't smell. They don't like to be alone, and fans of micro-pigs say they make great pets.
4: Compared to dogs and cats, pigs are more friendly towards people. In general, at the cafe, the pigs like to relax on people's laps.
9: Unlike exotic animal cafes, there's less concern with ethical sourcing when it comes to domesticated animals. Best of all, cuddling with these cute little porkers has benefits for the visitors. Uh,
10: Mental health benefits in terms of decreasing stress hormones, um, more of a feeling of well-being. Uh, You know, in in terms of how they do these things, Mm. that remains to be determined. There is mounting evidence that um, associating with and owning pets can provide uh, mental health and physical health benefits for people
9: cafe opened in 2019. It quickly became popular and now has 10 branches across Japan.
1: Oh my God. Great way to wrap up the show. I know, right? I used to be obsessed with those pigs, but then I, I figured out that they actually grow more than expected sometimes. When they're fully grown, they can weigh as much as a Bernese dog. And apparently sometimes they turned out to, j- to just be farm breed pigs and they were like a thousand pounds.
0: Gotta watch out for that, yeah. yeah. And well, and speaking of dogs, these pigs can actually be trained to do tricks like dogs. Oh
1: yeah, very smart animals. All right, we're wrapping up our show now, but we'll keep you updated with the latest information, so stay tuned for our News Today broadcast at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Thanks for watching. I'm Evelyn Lee.
0: And I'm Kevin Hogan.